0: The following is recorded for Marine Creek Church. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm Pastor Matt. If this is your first time here in that uh, seat back pocket in front of you, there's a a welcome card, a connection card, and we'd love to get some information from you so we can get some information to you um, about who we are as a church, kind of what God's got going on here, uh, so you can begin to make that decision and process about where you and your family are are going to plug in because it's important to get plugged in uh, to a church somewhere. Um, a couple updates. Uh, you know, Trinity talked about the back to school thing. One of the things that I love about that is, um, you know, we, we have done our own back to school event here in the past, and uh, this year we're we're doing something a little different. Uh, one of the commun- one of the organizations we support in our community is Community Link, and uh, we give to them monthly. That's part of our tithe structure. And so we help support them financially. Community Link helps uh, people in our area with food and other resources um, and, and does an incredible job. And so they have actually pulled together several churches in our community. And I'm so excited. I love any time we can get the body together to do something together um, because it shows the, the world that, hey, the church can do something together. Um, and they are they've got uh, we're doing backpacks. And we're providing our grill, and then I need some volunteers to help on the grill, and then volunteers to help with this event, because this is going to be an incredible event. Not only are we doing school supplies, but they're doing vaccinations, vision tests. They're handing out shoes. Um, There's entertainment that's going to be there. If you've been to our Spring Spectacular and you've seen Kid Stand, Kid Stand's going to be performing (laughs) there. So it's an incredible opportunity for us to love on the people in our area. Uh, We're in the middle of summer, and I'm not thinking about school supplies, but I can tell you that the families we're going to help have been thinking about it since the last day of school because they're worried about how they're going to get supplies for the the upcoming school year already. So we've got an opportunity to help them. Uh, We signed up for 500 backpacks. The reason we chose that number, uh, we did 500 last year um, for our own church back-to-school event. And so they're hoping to be able to help uh, 1,500 to 2,000 kids and so we've um, we've got a great opportunity to love on our community, and I'm excited about that. Um, also, if you weren't here last week, I want to call your attention to some decorating we did in this place. We hung some curtains. Um, they're be- they are going with us when we move. If you ever sold sold a house, you're like, we want to keep the curtains. We're taking those with us when we move. We put those up for a couple reasons. Um, two weeks ago, there was a break-in attempt here at the daycare. Um, they didn't get in, but... Uh, We decided, let's put a curtain up because we got all this equipment sitting here from Saturday to Sunday. We don't want that kind of surprise on Sunday morning. We like good surprises. That's not a good surprise. But we also did it to keep it cool, and it worked. So we put that up last week, and we had fall-like temperatures all week. So you're welcome. Um, (laughs) We're going to keep it up and see how long that trend will continue. Um, (laughs) But uh, let me give you a quick facility update. Last week, I told you that uh, uh, I explained the whole pipeline situation. Uh, explain some things that we were praying about that we needed favor, um, and let me to break down the whole pipe because i 've had some questions, and so if i 'm getting a question about one thing, I want to there might be other people asking those questions. but the whole pipeline issue at the at the building was um, uh, the, the fire sprinkler suppression system or the fire suppression system, which is a sprinkler system you 've got your main water line on the on the street that the city has control over, and then we 've got the fire riser in the facility. And we've got to connect that fire riser pipe to the main line that the city owns. And to do that, we've had to hire a contractor to put in their pipeline. And then we also have to have the city go in and tap, put what's called a tap into that pipeline, their pipeline. What they were telling us um, was the September time frame for that tap to be put in on the city side. And so we were just praying for favor, Uh, spoke with some supervisors at the city, some great men and women, and, and they were really helpful and uh, talked to them on Wednesday, and they were to- told us that they were able to bump up that time frame. The tap is scheduled for July 29th, so that is huge. And like you know, so like, oh, hey, yes, hey. I was like, and all God's children said, you know. Um, but also, uh, the power got the permanent power got connected this week, and I was in there yesterday, and the AC is awesome. Um, so I mean, it wasn't that warm outside, but still, I was like, how low can you get this? <laughs> and, you know, just just to see, because I want to know. I want to know. Um, so there's, there's some things that are we're seeing progress. Uh, flooring should start this week, and so we'll see a lot of things ramp up. Uh, landscaping next Saturday, and so we're in, the, we're in the final push, and I'm excited about it. Um, when it happens, it'll be right. Do we have a, a date set yet? I No, we don't. Um, we've got to see. If you've ever built anything, you know how that moves. You know how you want to try to plan your closing and all that when you build a house. Yeah, that just gets so frustrating. We've just decided, God... You do it. It'll be right. We're going to serve you. We're going to glorify you. We're going to do what you call us to do. And so it'll happen when it, when it happens. Um, so we're looking tentatively for mid-August, but I can't give you the exact weekend. Uh, also, we've been in a series called Moving. And if you've, ever, if you've been around church for a little while, uh, you know that churches kind of do series and we kind of, we'll take a topic and we beat it to death for four to six weeks and then we go on to something else. Um, we're going to end the moving series today because we are moving, and I think we've beat it to death, and so uh, today we're going to close up the moving series. Um, next week, we're going to start a new series on spiritual warfare, uh, and then that'll take us into, into the move-in, and then we've got some things that we're planning for uh, the new facility, and then we, this fall, we will start another book study Um, So last week we talked about abiding in Christ and throughout the moving series We've talked about this idea that god's calling us from one place to another He calls us from somewhere or from something to somewhere or to something and that involves change It involves growth. It involves uh, looking at things differently last week We talked about abiding in christ and we're going to finish up and kind of explore that a little bit more this morning We've talked about the culture of heaven that god calls us to a new culture, that culture of the city, whose builder and architect is God. And so when we start kind of wrapping all of these things up and putting a bow around this, it really means that um, God is calling us to be connected to the house. God's calling us to be connected with him as we move through life. And last week, I I talked about loving my home and and love being at home. And I love my, my wife and my family, and I love the heart of our household, and I love the heart of the creek. And from this perspective, I'm seeing all of your faces, and I can read body language. And as I spoke last week about loving my home and loving being in my home, the body language that I saw from you didn't quite match. Um, and it just shows that we have a real situation in our culture, in our society, that we have people that don't feel connected in their own home. We have people here at the church, at the creek, that don't feel connected. And and that's not something specific to our community and our church. We live in the most connected generation that's ever walked the face of the earth, but yet we're the loneliest. And we really are the most disconnected. Heard a commercial this morning on the way to church. You can buy a car that's its own hotspot now for your Wi-Fi. So you always have your connection. I I really have tried to get better about turning off email and having some time with my family. And so uh, this idea of being connected and being disconnected is a big issue in our society. I had to go to court this week with Abby. And when we walked into the courtroom, I'm not going to say anything other than I had to go to court. Um, that's all I said. You tweeted about it, so it's fair game. Um, love you, honey. Um, but when you walk in the courtroom, there's a bailiff that says, says like, spit out your gum, no candy, no food and turn off your cell phone. And that bailiff made sure to say, not vibrate, turn it off. I'm thinking, man, uh, this is difficult. And so I'm sitting there, and I feel like something's wrong, you know, <laughs> like this isn't right. And and then I thought, maybe I could just put it to vibrate, because I mean, I was waiting on news from the city and stuff like that. I mean, my phone could ring any minute, and it was vibrate, and I would just excuse myself from the courtroom. I mean, Abby had it, you know, she was going to go to the, before the judge by herself anyway, and <laughs> Um, I didn't even know I needed to be there but uh, I'm just kidding I was there for moral support but uh, the judge comes up and sits down and gives a lecture on turning off your cell phones and she says if I see it if I hear it anything like that I'm taking it up until Monday and you will write me a five page paper I felt like I was in high school now we didn't have cell phones when I was in high school but I felt like I was in high school I mean it was just it was, it, I was like it's off man it's in my pocket uh, ain't going to try that but, but we have this issue that we always want to be connected, but yet we're lonely we're we're disconnected and, and this falls in this this is something that happens in the church and in our relationship with christ we're called to abide in christ you see when we when we are saved, when we're born again when when God makes us a new creation. And how that happens is through the gospel. The gospel is the good news that that Jesus did die on a cross. He was resurrected on the third day. And because of that, we can have new life. Our sins have been forgiven. We can be a new creation. We can be reconciled with our creator. When that happens, when we come to him in humility and we confess him as Lord and Savior, he then makes us a new creation, but he baptizes us into the church. We become part of the body of Christ. We're part of his family. We become his sons and his daughters. And then he says, you are grafted into my, myself. You're grafted into Jesus who is divine. If you've got your Bible, go to John chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible, we have some on the ends of the rows for you you don't own a Bible, write your name in it. That's our gift to you. We want you to have a Bible so you can write in it, mark it down. We've got the note sheets and those are cool because you can go back and you can look through what God was showing you, um, what you've been praying for. Um, We've been praying for a lot of incredible things in our church and it's been so exciting because we're seeing God answer those prayers. We're seeing God do things and so we can celebrate that. So we're going to talk about being grafted into the vine, and and this is important because when we don't, we don't have that connection in our home, we feel disconnected. When we, we can feel disconnected in the church. What happens is when one of those is out of balance, the whole life is out of balance. I've got, I've got a truck, and it's got big tires on it because I'm a guy, and that's the way I like it, um, and, um. One tire, I don't know which one, is out of balance. So I've been stalking the tire store this week um, because I have the lifetime rotate and balance, and I don't like waiting in line because it's like an hour. I stop in there like, hey, how long is it just to get in and do a rotate and balance? Oh, we're looking at about an hour, hour and a half. Okay, that doesn't account for the work that has to be done. And so I'm just kind of playing. It's like, it's like hunting for me. I'm going to hit it at the right time where I can just pull in. Now, if that means i got to wait... But here's what the problem is. When I drive down the road, my steering wheel is doing this because my truck's out of balance. When one wheel is out of balance, the whole truck is out of balance. When one area of our life is out of balance, our whole life is out of balance. And balance is vital. Balance is key. And the way we maintain that balance is staying connected to Jesus, connected to the vine. Let's look at it. John 15, start verse 1. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. We like to take that last verse out of context, that if you ask anything in my name, whatever you wish, it will be given. Like, Like Jesus is our genie. Like... I mean, we do this in the church all the time. You know, well, gee, I'm asking whatever I wish. God, you long to give me the desires of my heart, and my heart desires this. Here's the difference. That, that's coming from a heart of disconnect. If our mentality is, God, you said you would give me whatever I want, and you're not doing it, that's coming from a place of disconnect, We're not connected to the house. We're not connected to the vine. Because the same nutrients, the same same life that flows through the vine is going to flow through the branches. Therefore, what the branch wants is healthy for the vine, and what the vine wants is healthy for the branch. Are you tracking with that? It's an unselfishness that exists in the relationship because the purpose is to bear fruit. And and Jesus says here that if you bear fruit, that, that God as the gardener will prune you so that you can bear more fruit. Those branches that do not bear fruit, he says he cuts off and those will be dealt with in the fire. They're going to be withered. There's a disconnect that happens. If if we're unwilling to be connected and healthy in the vine, he says, look, you've made the decision to be disconnected. We just got to cut what's dead off of the tree. I bought Heather some hedge trimmers. I don't like trimming the hedges. Um, and, and Heather does, she likes that. That's, that's like, that is something that, that gets her going, not me, but I bought her some new hedge trimmers and she was out there just, I mean, it was awesome. she's so sexy when she does that too. It's like, (laughs) you know, I, I just liked walking the hedge trimmers out to her and I'm just playing with them like, you know, I'm like standing in the kitchen with Abby, like she goes, did you get a chainsaw?" I was like, no, it's a hedge trimmer. You know, like Friday the 13th with hedge trimmers, you know? Um, so she's trimming the shrubs. and I mean, there's just she, this looks like Edward Scissorhands. There's just leaves flying everywhere. And, and so she's in there. She's pruning the shrubs so that they'll be healthy. And here's what I can tell you. Pruning hurts. Because when I ask God to prune me, that's like David saying, search my heart, God, because you will find a wicked way in me. And call it to the surface and let's deal with it. So he's saying, I love you and I want you to bear fruit. We bear fruit for his glory. It says, when you bear fruit, you glorify my father. You see, our mission at the creek is to glorify God through lives changed by the message of Jesus. That's the gospel. But it's also we glorify him by the fruit in our life. And I can tell you that that I can give God glory because my life is changed every day because he's pruning and I'm growing And this connection to the vine, because when there's a connection and it's healthy, there's going to be growth. There's going to be fruit that's produced. So let's go on. As my father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. We talked about obeying the commands last week. Just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Jesus is talking about the importance of this connection. When we abide, there's a connection. When we abide in in Christ, there's a connection to the house, to the vine, and we bear fruit. Now, the, the question is, when, when we find ourselves disconnected, there's questions we've got to filter, and we've got to get to that point of having some self-awareness to really take stock of what's going on. The first question that, that we ask is looking at, the, how am I connected? I mean, am I barely hanging on? Am I plugged in? Am I, am, am I just not connected at all? And this filter works in your home too. How are you connected in your home? How are you connected in your marriage? How are you connected with your friends? Speaking scripturally, Jesus says, you're connected with me when you obey my commands. And we've got to understand that it's not just a a one-time thing of obeying the commands of Christ. I, I am born into a family. You are born into a family. And I've lived in a lot of houses in my life. And when I got married to Heather, I did the scriptural thing. I left my mother and father's household and I became one with my wife, but I am still connected to my home. I'm still connected to my family. And it wasn't just a one-time connection. You think about it this way. If I was born and not long after I was born, my parents said, okay, we did our part. You go, see ya. I mean, you talk about, poor parenting. But it's likewise when I became a teenager. I mean, when I became a teenager, I disagreed with some of the rules of the household, disagreed with some of the way the discipline would happen. And if I just walked away and said, I'm out, what does that say about my selfishness? So it's not, obedience is not just a one-time thing. When we see the love of God spoken of in scripture, we see obedience tied to it most of the time, if not all the time. And what what creates and maintains the connection is continual obedience. I've got to remain connected. I've got to continue to obey the commands of Christ, continue to love him, continue to love others, continue to love God with everything I've got, continue to believe, continue to follow his commands. And you see, obedience is connected to blessing. Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Now, every one of us in here wants the good stuff. I mean, I don't think any of us say, no, just I'll I'll take the table scraps. We all want the good stuff. In order to get that good stuff, it is tied to obedience and willingness. I mean, the best way to truly, because willingness and obedience are, are, are different things. I mean, I can force my kids to be obedient, but I can't make them have willing hearts. But I can tell you, when my kids are willingly obedient, I want to bless them. When we are willingly obedient to God, He wants to bless us. And not in a selfish way because we ask whatever we want and He gives it to us, but because we're not just being obedient by being connected to the house and connected to the vine. We're willingly doing it. I'm here because I want to. God, I want you to prune me. Because I want your fruit in my life. I want what you want for my life. And so we stay connected. The continual obedience. Um, when we get to a point of realizing we're disconnected, um, one of two things is going to happen. So when, when the connection is broken, we'll find ourselves in one of two places. Um and we can go back and do some gut check on it, am I being obedient? I mean, am I reading what the Word of God says, and am I, am I being obedient? And not just trying at one time. Am I continuing to remain obedient to the things of God? But if we find ourselves in that disconnect, we'll find ourselves in one of two places. Go, to, go over to Luke chapter 15. It's just a book backwards um, Luke chapter 15, this is the story of the prodigal son. I-, I talked about this at Easter, and I didn't finish the story. And it- I guess it might be my OCD that is just wearing on me that I didn't finish the story. And I'm like, no, oh, we got to finish it. You know, it's like, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and then somebody's going to go, 8, 9, 10. You just got to finish it. That's just the way I am. I mean, don't leave that undone. And so, uh, but God's been really working with me on what what's going on in the rest of the story because we're going to find ourselves in one of two of these places when we're disconnected from from the house. So let me me read it to you here. Uh, John, this is Luke 15. I'll start in verse 11. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them When he came to his senses, he said, "How many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? Well you've got to realize is when we're disconnected from the house, we will become a starving kid. There are starving kids in the kingdom i mean we 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 typically don't think that hunger." And poverty really exists to the extreme in our in our context of society. It's something that we think we see a commercial on TV that they're asking for money that equates to a cup of coffee a day to feed someone in need. When we were at Agape this week, there are kids that are hungry. There are people that are hungry. There are people in our neighborhoods that are hungry. There are people in the kingdom of God that are starving that they have been disconnected from the house. Now, they're still sons and daughters, but they're disconnected and they're starving. This is the equivalent of saying, God, I want what you want for my life, but I want it all right now so I can go do my own thing. I want you to stay out of my business. I want all the benefits of being your son. I want the inheritance that I'll receive as your son, but I'm out. The problem is when we're disconnected from the house, eventually that supply runs out. I remember growing up, I decided one day I'm going to run away. And I grew up on a farm, so running away meant you had about a four-mile walk just to the main road, okay? And I decided I was going to do the hobo thing. I was going to get a stick and a bandana. Well, here's what I realized. That bandana was not big enough to take everything I wanted to take with me. So I stayed home. You've done it. You've done it. Eventually, when we say, God, I want my stuff and I'm out, that supply is going to run out. We have no, dis- no, no connection. Um, if you really think about it, it's taking the worst of the first point, the disobedience. Disobedience. God, I don't want to obey you. I don't want to live in your house. I don't want to be connected to anything that, but I want the benefits. How messed up is that when you break it down to that level? We do it all the time. And then here you go the prodigal son comes to his senses he says, my father's hired hands have more food than I have. I'll set out and I'll go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So the son finds himself starving to death. And he says, you know what? The servants in my father's household had it, have it better than this. I'm gonna go back and just ask if I can be a servant. There's food in my father's house. While he's on his way home, the father sees him, runs to him. He doesn't just just run him. He restores him. He clothes him. He puts the ring on him with the authority, puts shoes on his feet. He says, go kill the fattened calf. We're going to have a party. My son is starving, and I'm going to feed him. The son's like, I'm not worthy to be your son. I can be a servant. The the father says, I'm not hearing that. You're my son. What did Jesus say in John 15? I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing. I call you friends. See, if you find yourself in that position where you're starving, then restoration's one step away. It's saying, God, forgive me. I'm starving. And he kills the fattened calf because he longs to feed us. He longs to, to fill us. He longs to be connected with us. See, when we're disconnected from the house and we're starving, we're missing this truth that being connected to the house is Ephesians 1. That in him, in Christ, we have all spiritual blessing. That he has given us his spirit. He has sealed us for the day of redemption. He's given us the gifts. He's like, I long to feed you. I long to keep you connected. I long to be your source and your supply, but you got to obey me. You got to stay connected connected to the house you see the son trusted that what his father had was better than what he had and it took his face in the pig pen and realizing i'm starving to death so we'll find ourselves starving when we're disconnected let's let's go on in the story here let's look here's where we're going to finish it let's look at the other son meanwhile the older son was in the field When he came near the house and heard the music and dancing, he called one of his servants and asked what is going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never even gave me a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home. You kill the fattened calf for him. His son was angry, but he said something. I have been slaving in your household. When we're disconnected from the house, we'll either be a starving kid or we're going to be a slaving kid. And I think this one is much more dangerous than the starving kid because we're disconnected in the house. And this exists in churches throughout the world. This isn't an anomaly to one specific group or one specific church. This happens in every church that we have kids in the kingdom who have a distorted view of their father and they feel like all they do is slave and obey. I've obeyed everything and I'm slaving for you and you never even let me have a party for my friends. You kill the fattened calf when the other son goes out And wastes all of your money, lives in a way that is so disgusting to you, Dad. And when he comes home, you kill the fattened calf and throw a party? Are you picking up the mentality of this son? You see, when we think we're slaving for God, we miss the opportunity to celebrate anything. Listen to this. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. You're in the house. Everything I have is yours. All spiritual blessing is yours. All of the benefits that come from being my child is yours. You wanted to throw a party with your friends, the goats in the refrigerator, son. All that I have is yours he goes on. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You know what jumps out to me? He goes, this son of mine, but now he says, this brother of yours. When we feel like we're slaving for God, we miss the opportunity to celebrate what God is doing that when God comes in and, and somebody's life is transformed, we, we cross our arms and go, we'll see. Yeah. I've seen how they live. I know how they act. We'll see if that's true. I bet they're just trying to get something. Because I've been here slaving for God and I've got nothing. And if they get some kind of blessing before I do, that's not fair. You hear the childish mentality? We're supposed to have childlike faith, not childish faith. God says, I'm making new life. He was disconnected and has now come in and I'm feeding him and you should be excited. Now, this doesn't mean we sit in the church and do nothing, but we serve. But if we think we're slaving for God, we're getting into the works thing and go, God, I've been slaving for you, I've been working for you, and you owe it to me. This son the tone I pick up is that, that dad I've been serving in your house I've been slaving in your house and you owe me a goat. That son does not deserve the calf but you owe me a goat. And he misses the whole point of the story. He doesn't he just doesn't miss that his his brother was disconnected and starving but he's missing that he's disconnected and slaving What did Jesus say? I no longer call you servants, but friends, because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what the master is doing. Let me tell you what our father is doing. The father is calling all of us to repentance. The father is making his gospel known so that we can have new life. The father desires that none perish, but all come to repentance. The Father is working through us, His kids, to go in and bear fruit and glorify Himself through the fruit that we bear. We know what He's doing. And He's called us to be a part of it. So I, 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 don't, know, I don't know where you're at. I, I don't know if you're, if you're feeling, if you're starving. Maybe you've been away from the, the house for a while. Maybe you've been away from the things of God for a while. And, and maybe today is that, that step back, And you're thinking you've got to come in and you're worried about the roof of the church falling on you because you haven't been in a while. Look, if I walked in here and it didn't fall on me, you're good, okay? You're good. But maybe you've been away for a little while and you realized I'm starving. Maybe your family's starving. Can I tell you that restoration is just one step away? It's not going from a distant country all the way back to your father. It is one step away. It is humbling yourself and saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm hungry. And there are people in the prayer room that are ready to pray for you that will help feed you. Man, the fat and calf ain't just been killed, it's been cooking. And it's time to eat. Maybe you feel like you've been slaving. Maybe you're just exhausted and you feel like all I'm doing is work, work, work. Restoration is one step away. That you need to hear, God, your Father saying, "All I have is yours." I don't know where you're at. Maybe the connection is dead. Maybe there's never been a connection. Maybe you've you've heard about all this at some point. Maybe today is the day that that man, the Holy Spirit, and God just is drawing you and saying, "You know what? I love you, and I want a connection with you." And that is one step away. So let's not leave here disconnected from the house, but make the decision that as we move from here, we move through life always connected to home. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much that you are doing incredible things. And and Father, I pray that if there's anyone in here that, that has never started a relationship with you that has never found themselves in the vine and in that, in that abiding relationship with you, Jesus. I pray that you give them the courage just to say, Jesus, forgive me. Uh, my sin, I, I know you took it on. And I believe that, that you took it on so that I could have life. And I, I, am, I am coming to you as a child who was dead, and I'm asking you to give me life. I'm asking you to bring me into your family. Father, for some of us, maybe starving, I pray that you begin to just nourish them right now. That as we humble ourselves and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. And maybe the mentality is, I don't even deserve to be your son, but if I could just be your servant. God, I pray that you just let them feel in their heart exactly what you said. No, mm -mm. you're my son. You're my daughter. Father, for those of us in this room that feel like we've been slaving in your household and we've missed your benefits, would you just wash us with the truth of your word that everything you have is ours. That we remain in you and you remain in us. And there is this connection so that everything we do is for your glory. So that we can celebrate these brothers of ours and these sisters of ours that have come home. Would you strengthen the connection in the house for us? We love you. We praise you. We thank you. We ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Marine Creek Church is located in Fort Worth, Texas. If you have any questions, feel free to visit our website at www.marinecreekchurch.com. Thank you.